Welcome to the Contact Podcast. What's up, guys? So I'm just going to be fully transparent right off the bat, okay? Because I'm a little bit frustrated just in this moment um, because for whatever reason, I just can't, I can't get this thing kicked off the way that I want to. Um, this is probably like my ninth or 10th restart, just being real with you guys. Usually it takes two or three because I don't, you know, my voice will crack or I'll stutter over my words or something like that. But this, I think this topic is one that Satan really doesn't want me to get out today. And so um, if you're listening to this, I'm hoping that it's going to be a blessing to you. I think this is something that is is needed um, for Christians to hear, because I think this topic is is one that um, we stray away from as Christians. And it's a topic that non-believers throw at Christians all the time. They say that, you know, they're not going to check out church. They're not going to hang out with Christians. They're not going to try to seek a relationship with Jesus because they say the church is too judgmental. Right. And so I want to get into that topic a little bit today. But then I also want to talk a little bit about something that my pastor talked about this past weekend at church. And I had a conversation with him after the service and he he brought up the point that he didn't know how the church was going to take this topic um, because it wasn't like a lovey lovey. It wasn't a um, like a positive, really. It kind of had at the end of the sermon, it was kind of like, but what if. God doesn't come through in the way that we think that he's supposed to. What then? And he kind of just left it right there because it's a five week series. But he was like, you know, I didn't really know how the church was going to take it. And so I'm thankful that I go to a church that the pastor is at least willing to bring these conversations, even if he knows, you know, maybe the church isn't going to receive this well. And so this is not going to be an episode where I just bash bash Christians. This is not going to be an episode where I bash the church. This is really just an episode to try to challenge you if you're listening to this today. And this because this is really a, a challenge to me as well, because in preparing this and in praying about this and in taking notes down and looking through scriptures, I was really convicted in my own life because I'm trying to get as close as I can to Jesus. That should be our goal. And and the closer that we get to God, the more our areas that we struggle with are, are highlighted to us, are revealed to us, are brought to the forefront, like convicting us. And so this was a topic to me that um, I think we can we can go a lot of different ways when you talk about being judgmental. And I think we can go a lot of different ways when it comes to not understanding why maybe a relationship has ended right then, or maybe that person isn't there anymore. And we might say, oh, that person gotten too uppity for me. And we might start judging them. I'm going to, I know I'm kind of rambling right now. I think this judgmental thing goes further than just judging somebody for the way they look or judging somebody by the things that they say, or the, the clothes that they wear, or whatever. I think this whole judgmental thing goes a lot deeper than that. And I want to try to at least like scratch the surface of that topic today. And so um, a little bit tired too, after actually, um, as I'm recording, I actually just got done pushing the lawnmower around the, the front yard you know, mowing the yard, mowing the backyard and out in that heat, out in that Tennessee heat, I'm um, a little bit uh, tired. And so we'll see if we can't push through this. Like I said, this is like my ninth or 10th. So I think adding those things to the list, plus my light went out. So I had to, like I said, I'm being transparent today. I'm using my cell phone light to light it. Um, You know, I got the light overhead and I got the lights behind me and whatever, but I had a kind of like a little, um, I don't even know what you call it, just another light to kind of shine that's behind the camera, but it went out on me. And so Satan's really trying to um, 
do what he can to make this topic not come out today. But we're going to persevere. We're going to push through. And hopefully this will be a blessing to you today. So before we get into that topic, before we get into any scripture, we're going to go ahead and do what's up. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? So for my what's up today, I just want to share a little bit of um, truck driving. I guess you could say a little bit of truck driving life. Because I just got done training a guy for the past two weeks. I thought he was just going to be riding with me for one. Turns out he rode with me a second week this past week. And it was really, I talked about it last week. It's been hard for me to find those moments where I could pray. Find those moments where I can um, get along with God because I'm having to explain to to the man, you know, this is the job. This is the route. This is where we got to go. These are the things that we have to do. This is the paperwork, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so... Um, and it's, it's been great. You know, he was a great guy, a great guy to ride with. I knew him before he worked in a different division than me, um, but he's, he's coming over to kind of be the backup driver. So if me or the other guy ever needs a couple of days off, he's going to be covering our route. And so as we were driving around, we were talking about various things. And, um, like I said last week, I felt like I bored him a little bit with, you know, Bible talk and family talk. And so just trying to think of other uh, topics to bring up. And we started talking about when we first started driving and, I remember when I first started driving, I was 21 years old. I got my CDL when I was 21, um, really right after I met my wife, a couple months after I met my wife, because I knew I was going to marry her. And I was like, okay, I have to do a job because I was like working at Papa John's. You know, I wasn't doing anything that was going to be career wise. And I was like, I have got to do a job that I know is going to be able to provide for my family. So I never, like, I never went into truck driving as like, this is what I want to do. I've been wanting to be a truck driver forever. I know there are people that are like that. That wasn't my story. I just did it because I knew that it was going to be a stable um, job, stable security that I would be able to provide for a family. And it has been that. And so I'm very, I'm very thankful for that. And so when I first started out, I live here in, in a Saudi Daisy, Tennessee, which is just outside of Chattanooga. And the place that I worked for was a company called GMP Trucking. And they did different accounts for Lowe's um, and the um, distribution center was in Adairsville, Georgia. And so from Saudi Daisy, that's probably like an hour 15 or an hour and 30 minute drive, something like that. And starting out, I was having to go because the guy that was training me lived in, um, he lived around Adairsville. And so I believe he lived in uh, Calhoun, Georgia or something like that. And so I was having to drive every night or at that time we, we started at like three o'clock in the afternoon. I was having to drive every afternoon, an hour and 15, hour and 30 minutes to work. And then we'd work for 12 hours, you know, driving the truck around Atlanta, you know, Alabama. Um, the the company that I worked for, it was local. Thank God. I've always been in a position where I've been able to do local work. So I've never had to go over the road, thankfully. Um, but I was all over the Southeast. So Tennessee, Georgia, Alabama, all that stuff. And so really in Atlanta every single day. And I think back to that and I'm like, dude, 21 year old kid, I'm up driving around Atlanta. It was so dangerous. And I'm like, God was really with me through all of that. And, um, so anyways, I, I trained with him for probably a month and a half or something like that. I rode with him for probably a month, month and a half, um, because it was my first job. They were trying truck driving job. They were trying to make sure, you know, I was going to be safe at it. I was going to you know, know all of the things that we needed to do, um, for the job and this and that. And so, um, I was having to drive every day from here in Saudi down there, work 12 hours and then drive back home. And that was just so exhausting. I was telling him about that. And I'm like, and he was like, how did you, what in the world? He said, I wouldn't have been able to do that. And I'm like, it's kind of just one of those things that you say that you'd never be able to do it until you're forced to do it. And then you're like, okay. And so, um, yeah, just reminiscing on some of those times. And it was, uh, 
feels like it just happened yesterday and it's been eight years ago. But um, yeah, that was always something that was uh, very crazy to think about working for 12 hours and then making that long drive all the way back home at three o'clock in the morning and then laying down, going to sleep, waking up, doing it all again the next day. And thankfully, right after I got done training with him, they got me a truck um, in Chattanooga that's only like 20 minutes away from my house. And so it was it was perfect at that time. But I thought that was um, I thought that was funny. Just, you know, thinking back on you know, my first truck driving job to now. And I know that I'm not going to be a truck driver forever, but it's just, um, it's funny to think back at those moments. But uh, so let's go ahead and get into the topic. And like I said, I'm a little bit drained today, so bear with me. Um, I want to talk first about what my pastor talked about. And to, he, he was in, in the book of Daniel. And so we're going to do that because I just want to read where the passage that he read, and then I want to skip over to Daniel 10. I know I talked about Daniel 10 um, several months back. It might have been last year at this point, but I think it, it's going to really relate to the whole judgmental topic. Um, and so if you guys have noticed, really for the last month, I've been doing a lot more solo episodes, and I feel like the Lord has, and I've had to cancel. It's not like I couldn't get people on. That's not what's been happening. It's been... And hopefully you guys have been enjoying solo episodes, but it's been um, just something that I felt like the Lord has, has really placed on my heart to do. Like I've, I've I had to cancel three or four different guys that were supposed to come on um, and be like, hey, I'm just not getting peace about this because I just felt like God had something in my heart for me to say. And over this last month, the there's been several guys that I have reached out to that have talked about wanting to come back on the show. I'm not going to say any of their names but they have either not gotten back to me or they've seen it and not said anything. And to me, uh, I'm kind of giving away what I was going to say at the end, but I'll just go ahead and bring it up now. I feel like what the Lord has really revealed to me through this is the growth that you're going to get and the closer that you're going to get from him in isolation. Like, I think that's why he's been having me do these solo episodes is because there's this this stuff that he's putting on my heart for me to say, I need to speak it out for myself to hear it so that I can live it out. Like this is not just for hopefully whoever's listening to this to get something out of it, but also for like me to hear. I'm being convicted when I'm speaking on these things and I'm like, I've got to live this stuff out. I can't just say this stuff on camera and I'll not live by the things that I've been saying, by the things that I feel like the Lord has has placed on my heart for me to say. I can't just say the things and then not live it. You know what I'm saying? And so I just think that there's growth in isolation because in isolation, you're not relying on somebody else. Like you're not relying on a guest to come on. Like I'm just speaking specifically from my standpoint. I'm not relying on any of that stuff. I'm relying on God. I'm relying on the relationship that I'm having to him that it it has to grow because if it doesn't grow, I'm not going to have a topic. And, I, and I'm not, and I'm not just saying like, I just have a relationship with God so that he can give me topics for a podcast. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying the things that he has given me to say, there, there's no crutch of having a guest. There's no crutch on any of any of those things other than just, I am in a spot like today where I'm just leaning on what the Lord has given me to say. And so like, I want to encourage you guys in that way too. Like isolation is for growth. Like a lot of times we're, we're like, why isn't so-and-so getting back to me? Why am I not hearing anything from this friend that I've had for five years? You know, maybe you're in a spot that God is trying to grow your faith in him 
your relationship with him. And, and he can only do that from a place of isolation because you're not having any distractions. You know, every night when we pray with our kids, you know, kids are so funny because you have to tell them the same thing over and over and over again. And if you think about us with God, the father, it's the same thing for us. He's having to tell us the same things over and over and over again, because we're, we either don't listen or we end up just doing our own thing or doing what we think is best. And so every night before we um, pray, we have to tell our kids, close your eyes when we're praying. The whole reason that we do this is we're, we're trying to be respectful to God. And we're also trying to clear any distractions from possibly hindering um, us as we're speaking to, to God in this moment. So while we're praying, you know, we need to close our eyes. Um, we just need to try to focus on speaking with him. And I think that's what the whole isolation thing is about. It's like God wants us to just focus on him, clear away any distractions, clear away any talk from anybody else, any voices from anybody else, and just focus on hearing that voice of God. And so that was um, something that I kind of planned at the end, and we're going to circle back to it. But um, in uh, Daniel chapter three, this is what my pastor talked about last week. Um, and I just want to read the, the verse real quick. And um, basically what's going on here is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you know, you guys have probably heard the story before, but Nebuchadnezzar builds a statue and he tells them, you know, you're going to have to bow down whenever we play the instruments and whatnot. And so um, he... he uh, in verse number 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. But, um, the king tells them, you know, you, you have to decide for yourself. Like, we're going to play the music. We're going to give you another chance. Um, you need to bow down before the statue. And so the, uh, verse number 17, this is what my pastor speaked on. And I thought this was really powerful. It says, if this, uh, if this be so our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not... Be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. And he kind of came at it from the perspective of where it says there in verse number um, 18, but if not. Um, and he, he, he said that he had a conversation with somebody before and they said he, he told him what the sermon was going to be about. And they said, oh, I love that story because they knew the whole time that God was going to rescue them. And his question was like, did they know that? Because literally in verse 18, they're like, but if not. So these people were so prepared to do whatever they needed to do to God that they're like, go ahead and do it. We don't care. We feel like God is going to, to rescue us. Our God is going to save us. But if he does not rescue us in the way that we feel like or that we think from an earthly perspective is the way that he needs to rescue us. But if not, it doesn't matter because we're fixed our focus on God. We're worshiping the one true God. We're not worshiping any of these fake idols that you have. And so I thought that was powerful. And it, and it really led me as I, I went back and reread it. Um, it, it led me to Daniel, Daniel chapter 10, um, because Daniel chapter 10, um, specifically, if you, if you um, go down, almost said scroll down. Um, if you go down to verse number, uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Verse number 12. Um, no, I'm sorry. Verse number seven. And it says, and I, Daniel alone saw the vision. Um, you know, I talked about this before, like I said, in, in a past episode, but I just think it, it it relates here again because God can give you a specific vision and it doesn't matter what anybody else sees or it doesn't matter what anybody else says about it. If God has given you a vision, that vision is for you. So like I said, we're winding back to, I reached out to some of these guys to get them to come back on that said they wanted to come back on at a specific time, told me like, hit me up at this date and then we'll, we'll schedule again. And then I'm not hearing back from them. Um, Sometimes the vision that we have, the relationships that are around us or are for that specific time in your life. Like the relationships that you have, the people that God has around you, 
It's for a reason in the season that you're at. So sometimes you could be going through a specific thing in your life and those people are around you for that moment. Like, because something is needed in that community, something is needed to be accomplished through that relationship, through that connection. Right. And I think when those connections can sometimes be skewed or, or, um, I'm disconnected, I guess you could say, we can have a tendency to be like, what's wrong with this person? Right. But like, if we look in Daniel 10, he says, I alone saw the vision for the men who were with me did not see the vision. Sometimes the vision that God has on your heart, like those relationships are needed in that moment, but maybe that's not for the life of the call that God has given you. Maybe not, that's not for the life of everything that's just to be doing. When you're in middle school, you say, you know, your best friend, we're going to be friends forever. You get in high school, you make new friends. You don't really hang out with that person as much that you promise that you're going to be best friends with, right? You get into high school. Oh, we're going to be best friends forever. You get out of high school. You don't really talk to those people anymore. Maybe sometimes you will. That doesn't mean you're not friends, but it just means that you're in a different place in your life. You're growing in a different area in your life. We, we sh I think um, it's easy to get into a place of comparison. It's easy to get into a place of, of, of kind of holding a grudge against people because you're saying, you know, these people were saying we were going to do something right then, but we're not doing it. Why are we not? Maybe because the thing that God is trying to do in your life right now can't be accomplished if that person is in your life right now. It doesn't mean that that relationship is bad, but it's just not needed in this moment, if that makes any sense. And maybe that'll come back around down the road. But the vision that God has given you, like it says in Habakkuk 2, 3, um, um, the vision waits its appointed time. So maybe those relationships that you had six months ago and the people you, you, don't, you don't really have a relationship now. Maybe that's because it's supposed to be years down the road or months down the road or weeks down the road, but not in where you are right now, because maybe God's trying to, like I said a second ago, isolate you to grow you, to get you to where you are at that level where it's like, okay, now this person's back. Now these people are back. Now this group around you is back. You know, I look at the things that, that God has called me to do since I've started this podcast and he has pushed away people that I thought, you know, these people are going to be um, people that I walk alongside with for years to come. And now I rarely even speak to them. We're still friends, but I rarely ever talk to them. And what, what he has done is brought a new group, a new core of guys around me that like, okay, I feel like in this moment, this is for a reason that this specific group is around me, you know, and maybe we'll be doing things side by side for years to come, or maybe it'll just be for six months. Maybe it'll just be for a couple months, but I know that right now it's for a specific reason. Every relationship that is in your life right now, it's for a reason in whatever season that you are. So like, it's just up to us to try to like figure it out. And that's what, that's what I've been trying to do is like really try to figure out what God is doing with, with every piece of my life. You know, I don't want to miss out on any opportunities that I could be doing something for him. You know, life is just so filled with moments like that, that it's like, okay, I could have took advantage right here. I didn't. Okay. I'm going to next time. But wait, I need to focus right now. I can't let this moment pass me by. So it's just trying to take advantage of these moments because they're, they're all for a reason. And just to go back to like that judgmental piece, like I said, because I feel like there's several different ways we can go with this. We don't need to get mad at somebody if they don't see that vision. You know, like the vision that Daniel had was for him. The vision that you have that God has given you is for you. The vision that I have that I know God has placed on my heart is specifically for me. So we don't, if we 
talk to somebody about it. Or if we say, look, I feel like God is calling this and they're, and they're calling me to do this. And they're kind of like, what? We don't need to get mad at that person for not seeing the vision because it's not their vision. If that makes sense. That's one thing that I've been having to do here recently is because I tell specific people different things and they're kind of just like, oh yeah, okay. And I'm like, you know, at first I was getting frustrated because I'm like, why are you not seeing, like, this is so obvious what God is doing. It's not their vision to see, right? Maybe not in this moment. Maybe it's something that they'll see down the road, right? But right now we can't get mad at people because they don't see the vision that God has given you. It's your vision, right? God is, is, has thought enough of you to not only die on the cross for you and give you salvation, but a calling and a purpose that is for you. And I think it's just like, we're, like I said earlier, we're supposed to be following the example of Jesus. How many times if you look throughout the Gospels, did Jesus tell his disciples, did Jesus tell the Pharisees of things to come, but they didn't understand what he was saying, right? He knew the vision. He knew what was going to happen. He knew um, the whole purpose of him coming to earth. He knew all these things. He tried to explain it to them, but they couldn't, they couldn't see it, right? Because it wasn't, like we said in Habakkuk 2.3, it waits its appointed time. And if you look in Scripture too, there's several times that they're like, he'll tell them something, and then it's like, and then they remembered what he had said after this happened, right? So if we're following that example of Christ, it's like, if you know God has given you something, don't be mad at people if they don't see what he has, has placed on you, is basically what I'm trying to get across here. And so to kind of switch gears a little bit, we're going to go, I'm, I'm, and man, this is just an episode really about full transparency. This whole topic stems from a church service a couple of weeks ago, talking about being judgmental. My pastor didn't talk about this, but um, a situation happened where there was a woman in the aisle that I was sitting at. And whenever the pastor said where we were going to be reading in the word, you could tell she didn't really know where it was in the Bible. And she was kind of struggling, trying to find it. And it really, like, in that moment, it made me think, what, what are we doing as Christians to push people away? And like I said, I'm, I'm not, this is not just bashing the church or bashing Christians, but this is just an honest um, conversation that I feel like needs to happen. Because I was, as I was talking to my pastor, we did a communion a couple of weeks ago. And um, the way that he did it was like I've never experienced before because he would, they usually bring it um, in the trays and everybody grabs the little, the little juice and the little cracker. And then he reads the scripture and then it's, and he's like, you know, I don't want us to get caught in routine because this is something that's too important for us just to get used to and get into a habit of that. It's just something that we just do because we're Christians or because we're at church today. And so I loved what he did was he passed them all out. And then he's like, I'm going to go sit down and I'm going to let you pray with your family. I'm going to let you decide when you want to do it. And we're going to play music in the background and you just decide when you want to do it. And so I went up to him and, and I told him, you know, I love, I loved that because um, it, it puts more of the ownership of it as, you know, one thing that I, I pray for every day that I could be the best spiritual leader for my family that I could possibly be. And I've even talked to him about that. And I said, you know, that kind of puts the ownership of it back on, us as a family, but then also us as men to lead our family and be like, okay, this is, you know, this is why we do it. Let's pray. Let's do this. Let's do, you know? And so he was like, yeah, I like that too. And he said, and also he said, one thing that I thought about doing is um, he said several years back, they had put all the, they had put four or five tables out in the front 
And instead of passing it out, they just put everything out on the tables. And they're like, you come up and get it when you want to. And I said, you know, I think that's good too, because not only does that put more of the ownership of it on you as the individual, but I think it kind of takes away from the person that feels like they have to just because everybody else is doing it. And maybe some of that is still there, but that was just what flashed into my mind. Because when, when that tray is being passed to you, you almost feel like an obligation. Like I got to take it because everybody else is taking it around me, you know? And if you are, if people are being honest and we're saying, okay, whenever it's time for us to do this, I'm just focusing on my family and I'm closing my eyes and I'm focusing on doing these things, these steps, um, with my family, then you're not looking at the next person that's walking up there to get the cup. You're not looking at any of those things. You're just focusing on the family. And I think that that was really big because I was like, church can be such a judgmental place. And I think some people can do these things just because they don't want to be judged by others, like take the cup out or, Oh, I have to know exactly where it is in the, in the Bible where the pastor's reading from or else somebody's going to look at me weird or, Oh wait, maybe I'm not going to go to church today because I don't have the best clothes to wear, or I don't know all the songs, or I'm not sure the the correct, correct mannerisms of how the whole schedule is laid out. Right. We can, we can be so judgmental of such very little things. And so I was thinking about this and I was praying about this and I'm like, yeah, we really do need to make sure we're doing everything that we can not to get into that place because there, there can be times where it's just so easy to slip into a judgmental mindset where church is supposed to be a place where we love people and Christians are supposed to be about bringing people in. And, and I'm not saying we are just supposed to accept people no matter what lifestyle or what they're doing in their life right now, what sin that they're living in. But you look at Jesus, he sat with sinners. He didn't change. They did. Right. He told them, go and sin no more. And we're going to read that here in John chapter eight. But to give you just a little bit more backstory to this. I was reading in, in Exodus chapter 20 and I was reading through, I believe it was 20 through 22. I was reading that over several days. And these are basically just laws. Like God was telling Moses, this is what we don't do. You know, the Ten Commandments, all of these things. And so as I was reading that, I was writing in my journal and I'm like, God, I am this is a struggle for me to read. And I was like, I'm not, I feel like I might even just want to skip this. I don't need to know all these rules. These are not, these are old Testament rules. Anyway, I don't need to know all this. And like, as I was writing this down, I'm like, Lord, can you show me something here? Like, can you allow me to get something out of this? I know that your word is living and breathing. Can you like give me something out of this? Right. And so I'm reading in Exodus chapter 22, verse 27, I believe it is. And at the end of it, Jesus, uh, or I'm sorry, God says, I'm compassionate. And I was like, okay, that kind of, that kind of sticks with me a little bit that God will be laying out these laws. And a lot of times when we think of laws, we think somebody's a dictator. Somebody's just trying to tell us what to do. Somebody's just trying to boss us around. But then God says, I'm compassionate. And I'm, I'm giving you these laws for a reason. And I'm laying all of this out from a place of compassion and love. I was, it's funny because I was going to record this yesterday night and a couple things happened and I wasn't able to do that. And I ended up reading a book last night before I went to sleep by Max Lucado. And it was crazy because he, in the book, he lays out compassionate and he says like in Greek, um, I'm probably going to butcher this, but he says in Greek, compassionate 
is basically like a gut feeling, almost like a gut movement, because back in those days, the people thought that that love came from your gut, you know? And so like where it says he's moved with compassion, the people would, would look at that as, okay, this is coming from a place of love because he's talking about, I'm compassionate, I'm loving, I'm caring for you. And so like, he doesn't lay out these laws from a, from a pharisaical, if that's the right word, place. He lays them out from a place of compassion and love for us and care for us. And so I read that and I stop right when I read that and I highlight that where it says, I'm compassionate. And I've been reading in John a lot lately. And I was like, oh, I'm going to flip over to John. You know, I need, I need some red letters. And so I didn't really have a plan of where I was going to read in John. I just flipped over to John and I flipped through the first couple and I said, yeah, you know, I read the woman at the well the other day. I read feeding of the 5,000. And then I got to chapter eight and I was like, I'm just going to read this. The woman caught in adultery. <laughs> and, you know, like I wasn't planning. I, I, I didn't even want to really read the stuff in Exodus because like I said, I was like, I'm feeling like I'm not getting any, anything out of this. So I see that that says, but I'm compassionate. And then I come over to John and we're going to read a little bit here of John um, chapter eight, verse three, the scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery and placing her in the midst. They said to him, teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. So what do you say? They said this to test him. Um, skip down to verse number seven. And uh, Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. Verse number eight. And once he bent down and, and once more, he bent down and wrote on the ground. But when they heard it, they went, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing there. Jesus stood up and said to her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? And, and um, she said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, sin no more. A lot to get into with that. Because as I'm reading in, Gen in Exodus, God laying out the laws from a place of compassion. What do we see here from the people who are supposed to be upholding and teaching those laws that are supposed to be the representation of the way that God laid out these laws? It should be from a place of compassion. It should be from a place of love, right? But what do they do? I circle this in my Bible because I'm like, wait, aren't they supposed to be doing this from a place of compassion? They literally bring this woman out and it says that placing her in the middle. So they humiliate this woman. They're not doing this from a place of love. They're humiliating this woman by throwing her in the middle of everybody and saying, Jesus, now what are you going to do about this? Because... In the law, it says this. And I think one thing that's very, very fascinating about this is how when they come to him and bring the woman, what does Jesus do? First of all, where it says they did this to test him, it sounds almost like a setup. Because if you look in Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 22, it says like, if a, a man and a woman is caught in adultery, you are to bring both the man and the woman. So they were only reciting part of the law to Jesus who was there with God that we see in John 1, 1 in the beginning was the word, right? Jesus was with God the whole time. And I love what Jesus did here. He doesn't say, well, wait, first of all, you got the law wrong. He bends down and he starts writing on the ground with his finger. 
what did God do to Moses when he's given him the law? He's writing on the, on the ground, like with his finger. And, and Jesus stands up. And when he stands up, he says, let him who is without sin cast the first stone. When Moses came back down from the mountain and he sees what the Israelites are doing, he gets mad. And what does he do? He breaks the Ten Commandments and then goes back up to God. And what does God do? He forgives his people and he writes them out again. Jesus bends down a second time almost to show, like, I forgive this woman. Yeah, she screwed up because she was raised to know the law. But then she screwed up like the children of Israel. Moses shatters the Ten Commandments. And Jesus bends back down and starts writing again, almost to say, like, I'm re reteaching her the law. You know, like almost like I'm I'm giving her a second chance, but then I'm also spelling out on the ground, this is the law. Like I'm giving you another chance. It's just, it was, when I was reading this, I'm like, God, Lee, we could be so judgmental because these people twist the words of God, twist the law to mean something that was just to benefit them. And Jesus is like, well, actually, he who's without sin, you know, go ahead and cast the first stone and none of them could do it. And then you look what he says to her. Has no one condemned you? And she says, no one, Lord. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go from now on and sin no more. In what way can man condemn you if Jesus literally tells this woman, does nobody else condemn you? Then I don't condemn you either. Go and sin no more. Jesus sat with sinners, but he didn't become a sinner. Jesus went where the center, the sinner was, but what did he do? He told them, go and sin no more. The change was made by that person. Jesus never changed. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, tomorrow, forevermore. We are the ones that have to change. I saw a post the other day on Instagram where it says, I was born this way. That's why you need to be renewed. That's why you need to be born again. And so I kind of want to take it a little bit of a step further. Then we're going to get out of here. It's like, I just want to challenge you, like how, how in your life are you seeing ways that you might be judging people that even you might not have looked at before as judging people? You know, in my own life, I, I see things that even like specific family members have done. And I'm like, well, at least they're, I'm not doing that, but they are, you know, I, I really like I had to reevaluate myself in not just friendships, but family members also. You know, like we, it's so easy for us to fall into that place of just judging people. And what did Jesus say? Like Jesus said, I've come to set the captives free. In John chapter three, verse 17, what does he say? I didn't come to condemn the world, but basically to give them life, right? I'm paraphrasing. But when we are living our life to emulate Jesus, um, I, I just feel like changes have got to be made. You know, and this is not a conversation that's like easy to talk about because people feel like, well, I don't judge people. I never judge people. I treat everybody equal. I treat everybody the same. So maybe that's true. Maybe you are, uh, maybe you're living your life free of judgment. Um, but I know for, for regular people like me who sin every day, I know it's hard to, to get to that place of um, just genuinely trying to shine the light of Christ 
and to be like him in every aspect of my life. It's a challenge because this, this sin nature doesn't want us to do it. Satan wants to do anything that he can um, to get us to push people away. And I, I just think that if we, as Christians, emulate Jesus and radiate the love that Jesus had towards people, I think it's going to be easier to, to get people intrigued on what's different about us as Christians. You know, we already have that rap as Christians that we're going to be judgmental. That's one thing that's really been frustrating me lately is I've been in, you know, as I post stuff, I get people that comment on it. I get people that, that message me. And I think not all of it is, uh, you know, this stuff is very rare that I get it, but I do get it where people will message me and they'll say, Hey, you're leading people astray because you've had this rapper on there and he's part of the Illuminati. And I'm like, the first thing that I say is, do, do, did you listen to the episode? Did you listen to his testimony? Have you listened to his music or you just don't like the genre of what, you know, he represents. Right. And I get it. A lot of Christians think you shouldn't listen to, to rap music and, and things like that. I'm like, that's a different topic for a different day. I want to do a, an episode about music, but I just want to say this, that, that there was a, ta I don't, I don't remember where it was off the top of my head in scripture, but you can look this up on your own time. A tax collector and a soldier came to John as he was teaching, as he was baptizing, as he was preaching. And they said, you know, do we need to stop being a soldier? Do we need to stop being a tax collector? And John tells them, no, go back and be a good tax collector. Go back and be a good soldier. So he tells them, redeem the profession, redeem the line of work that you're in. And I think a lot of these, these rappers and a lot of these people that are going in to these different spaces, that's what they're doing. They're redeeming whatever it is that they are, are a part of. They're redeeming that culture, trying to turn it to point to Jesus. And that's the goal. We don't need to be bashing people for that. There are some people that are doing things from the wrong place. I'm not trying to say that we don't need to call people out for wrongdoing, right? But I'm saying like, we don't need to be that hindrance of what God can do. Jesus told who was really could have been considered one of his best earthly friends, Peter, get behind me, Satan, right? Because you're trying to keep me back from what the father has called me to do. I don't want to play the role of Satan in somebody's life. And I just want to encourage you in that way too. Like you don't want to play that role. So we do need to call out evil. We do need to call out wrongdoings, but we don't need to just jump into something head first and be like, well, this person's a part of the Illuminati with not even knowing anything that they're about, not knowing their story, their testimony, what they're doing in their career, what their music is. You just don't like the genre. You don't like the way that it sounds. I, I just don't think that Jesus, you know, and, and some people will say, well, that's just a crutch. That's what you always hear. But I don't, I don't think Jesus would be that way if he was here. And I think these people that are, that are so hard about pushing um, back on some of the the music and, and things like that. I think those are the same people that if Jesus was here um, would be the Pharisees of this time trying to, trying to take him out. And so that's all I really have for you guys today. I'm just, I'm tired of it really. Um, and, you know, I, at the beginning of this year, um, back in February, I, I really felt like, God was telling me through the reading of a uh, rereading of Acts chapter four that I was going to get more criticism from 
Christians and fellow believers than I would be from the world. And that has been the case. <laughs> and it's really weird to say there has been a lot of support. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to, trying to just say that everybody's just coming after me or anything like that. But um, there has been several people message me that have said things like that. And I'm like, that's to be expected. And it's not going to get me to stop. It shouldn't get you to stop if you've got somebody doing the same thing to you. If you know that what you're doing um, was given to you by God to do, go after it as hard as you can. It doesn't matter what other people think about you. And so with that being said, I think I've done all the damage that I can do. I think I've done all the offending that I can do for one week. Um, but hopefully this is this was a blessing to you. Hopefully this, this is something that... Um, you can kind of look at your life and be like, in what areas maybe could I be more like Jesus or I could be less judgmental because that's what this is doing for me. Like, this isn't just a word where I'm like, you need to, I, I'm coming from a perfect place that I can tell you, this is how you need to live now. I'm not trying to come from that. I'm not coming from a high horse, right? Like I've said before, I want this to be like a conversation amongst friends. I want this to be like a conversation, one-on-one -on -one conversation where we could just talk back and forth about something and grow together. So like these things that I feel like the Lord has laid on my heart for me to say, I have to hear them too. And I have to apply them in my own life. And that's what I'm trying to do the best that I can. Not that I'm perfect, but I am truly seeking after that, that um, closeness with Jesus. Like it says in James, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. So that's it. I'm done rambling. I'm done talking. I got, uh, I'm going to go take a nap. I'm kind of tired. Um, you guys might be able to hear that in my voice, but um, thank you guys for checking out the episode. If this is the first time, hopefully uh, you'll come back next week. And to my returning listeners, thank you guys so very much. It truly does mean a lot with all the different streaming platforms and all the different podcasts out there and all the different things that you could be doing with your time. The fact that you would spend a little bit of time with me today, it means the world. And so thank you so much. I love you guys. Have a great week. God bless.